I remember talking to Ed when they lived, after they left Bogan Level. I don't care about that. I'm saying, before Wayne Bass built, okay? Not close to. Close to, okay. Ed said, back in the day, he went out there in front of the old smokehouse, there behind Uncle Edmund's where they live. He said, I dug a post hole right in, right in the middle of the door, just outside the smokehouse. He buried a pile of money. And he, he went back and hunted it, he never could find it. Well, I took, I took my battle detector down there. <laughs> you didn't find anything? Yeah, nails. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I found a ton of nails. I just give up. But you, you knew about that money being bad. Oh, yeah. He told me. Yeah, that's what he told me, too. This is Here in Alabama. I'm Beth McGinnis. You were just listening to my father's first cousins, Herman and Coy Bass. My name is Herbert Bass. And you're my father's and first cousin. Yep, I'm Ed Ravel's first cousin. I'm Coy Bass, and I'm Ed Ravel's first cousin. They are great storytellers, and the story they were telling was about a pile of money my father said he buried a long time ago. Sounds like he was a pretty good storyteller, too. My father was Ed Rowell. He and his cousins grew up in Lower Alabama. They grew up singing sacred harp music. I knew I, Ed, Ed Rowell and Ed Bass loved sacred harp singing. They learned together they stayed together. See, uh, Ed, your daddy used to come down here and stay with us in the summertime pick oh, cotton on oh, every uh-huh. crop. <laughs> yeah. And my daddy would pay it. And, uh, Plus faded. <laughs> and oh, hard, they put all the hardwood floor in Mama's house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Wavy Lee said that when they put the hardwood floor in, that she, have, she had to keep making chocolate pudding and sweet tea for them to do that work. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, Uncle Edmund was, uh, he lived out here off the of Bogan level, him and uh, Hitler Lane. Mm-hmm. They had uh, Ed and what was her daughter by Lirve? I mean. Not Lirve. No. Uh, Myrna? Who? Myrna. 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 Yeah. I think Myrna went to Arizona, didn't she? She did. She did. I think mean, she's still living. No. this kind of music before? Sometimes it's called shape note singing, sometimes faso la, sometimes sacred harp. Many people are so devoted to sacred harp singing that they spend their weekends driving all over the southeast from one singing session to another. What is it that makes people so passionate about sacred harp? Singer. I go to church and I got a position in the church and all, but I was raised up on sacred heart. Um, I got to looking as a boy at those words and all, and I realized that the years they was written back in the 1700s, 1800s, they didn't have music like they got today. 
So I got to reading the words, and they were the words of just powerful words that uh, are still hold place in my heart today. So a couple songs that I want to read today is one of them is a bar of prayer. You know, and it talks about how many times that we went outside and just prayed that poured out of soul with Jesus in prayer, you know. And the second one is because of all the things that's happening in this world today, I can look at God's word and his songs and all his, his words in the songs as well as the Bible. I know it all for That was Butch Kelly talking about the powerful meaning of the words of Sacred Heart songs. I met Butch on the first Sunday in June 2023 when my mother and I went to the Shady Hill Free Will Baptist Church in Lower Alabama for the annual homecoming and Sacred Heart singing there. The Shady Hill Church is on Hogfoot Road in Covington County, Alabama. It's a dirt road. The small brick church building sits level with the flat ground. A simple portcachere shelters the front entrance, and black benches sit on either side of the front door. White sand peeks through the grass. Hogfoot Creek, just down the road, is where I learned to swim. In the foot-deep water, I could walk on my hands and let my body float. Eventually, I discovered I didn't need my hands on the creek bed. My father grew up swimming in Hogfoot Creek, too. Even after the family moved to Montgomery, Daddy would come home summers to work in the fields with his cousins. After a hot day, they would jump off the Hogfoot Bridge into the water. Seven years ago, my family sprinkled Daddy's ashes off that bridge. And Ed would put the rest in Hogfoot Creek. Yes. (laughs) I come down here, they they wanted to pour Ed's ashes in a bush for Yeah. And it was the year of the flood. Huh? It was the flood year, wasn't Bad it? Bad, it come a flood. About three or four days before they come down here. That road that goes across Pollock Creek there, where it turned to go to Blue Spurs, water was all the way up to that road. I'm just saying, back in the day, we done about what we wanted to in this country. I mean, in this mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We could go swimming in Hogfoot up here. Mm-hmm. How many bridges they have inside of Hogfoot? About three. When they had one up there, up on the other side, we'd be swimming in there. <laughs> we hear them coming, whoosh, off under the bridge, we'd go. <laughs> I learned to swim in Hogfoot Creek. I learned to swim in Hogfoot Creek. That's where I learned to swim. You go by there now, there ain't a deep enough hole up there to swim in. Mm. Uh -uh. Mm. Used to be a deep hole there. Right, you could dive off the bridge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was a a log laying across there. A big log up at the upper end of that hole. Mm -hmm. That water had to come over that log. It just scooped out a big hole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that log Mm -hmm. gone now, it's filled in with sand. My father and his cousins grew up swimming in Hogfoot Creek and Blue Springs. They grew up singing Sacred Harp at Shady Hill Free Will Baptist Church. My father didn't stay in Lower Alabama, 
but he came back for homecoming at Shady Hill every year if possible. My mother came along when she could, but as far as I recall, my siblings and I came only once when I was 11 or 12. There's a picture of me, my siblings, my mother, and my grandmother at the dinner on the grounds that day. I've always loved that picture of my mother. I think she looks glamorous and beautiful. When Mama and I came to Shady Hill in June 2023, about 40 years later, we were reunited with family members we knew and some we didn't. We saw several of my father's first cousins, and I met at least one of my second cousins once removed. The family has kept the Sacred Harp tradition alive at Shady Hill. Ed Bass, one of my father's first cousins, was instrumental in that effort. He's passed on now, but his memory is very much alive. One of the first songs was number 507 on the bottom, one that Cousin Ed would always lead. 507 on the bottom. 507 on the bottom. This was a song that was a favorite of Brother Ed Bass and his dad. Every singing he went to, if he got a chance to lead two, he'd lead this one. So, 507 on the bottom. We'll sing all three verses. By the way, that's Ed with two D's, E-D-D. My father was also Ed with two D's, short for Edmund with only one D. Our family pastor once said my father must have been pretty high and mighty. After all, even God only uses one D. Sacred harp singing has its roots in colonial New England. It developed as a pedagogical method for teaching young people how to sing sacred music. Traveling singing masters would go from one community to another and lead singing schools. These were exciting and important social events. People could take a break from everyday life and work to have fun singing and socializing and eating together. Community fellowship is still at the heart of sacred harp singing today. The term sacred harp refers to the human voice, the instrument you were born with. This music is also called shape note singing because of the pedagogical method. Singers learn to read printed music by recognizing four different note shapes and remembering how they relate to one another. At Shady Hill, Jamie Kelly explained the shapes to me. My name is Jamie Kelly, and the way I learned to recognize the shapes is so, is it, you hear the O, so it's a circle. La is like two L's that come together to make a square. Fa is like a pendant flag for fa, and then me is like me like diamonds, so that's the diamond shape. The shape note method is highly effective, but that doesn't mean singers never get tripped up. One of the Shady Hill singers said she had particular trouble with me. I feel like they put those mean cross the line me in just to throw y'all. <laughs> <laughs> There were two distinct groups at Shady Hill when I went. Family reunion people and singing people. Some of them overlapped, but many of the family members never came inside for the singing. They just set up tents and camp chairs and enjoyed the dinner on the grounds and visited. 
The singers were people who regularly attend Sacred Heart singings. Family members who come to Shady Hill for homecoming may participate in the singing that one time every year, but it is a part of the singers' daily lives. Of the singers, Stanley Smith was the person everybody recognized as the leader. He brought a box of loner songbooks. Jamie Kelly told me that Stanley had composed several of the songs in the book. Ken Kelly recorded the minutes and organized the song leaders. Gary Paget was the chairman. He kept the schedule on track and made sure the customs were observed. The instructions, the prayers, the memorial lesson when singers who have died are remembered, and so forth. My grandmother's maiden name was Paget, and my mother and I had seen plenty of Paget headstones in the Zion Rock Cemetery the day before. If Gary Paget and I are related by blood, though, I don't know it. I believe he was there mainly as a singer, not as family, but we were both there, and that makes us related, even if not by blood. Sacred Heart was designed for teaching. Even today, everything about a singing session is oriented toward raising generations of singers who can keep the tradition alive. Every singer who wants to gets a chance to lead two songs. Here's how we do in the calling out. So if there's anybody that he misses doesn't know you, see and make sure you're on the list. If you don't know my name, I probably don't know yours. So if you'll tell me, I'll write it down and I'll call you to lead. Brian Kelly will be our first leader following the failure. Very good. 30 on the top. 30 top. The singers have favorites, songs they usually lead. They try to stay out of each other's way, but every now and then someone will pick another singer's favorite song. I just realized I got your song. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say trouble. Okay, that'll work. Oh, I'm in trouble now. Y'all been trying to get us singing all over the house on that We sing the notes or the shapes first, then the words. The leader decides how many verses to sing and which sections to repeat. Stanley and Ken would often beat time along with the leader. Both the leader and Stanley would hold up two or more fingers to remind everyone which verse would be next. When a particular section had a solo, the leader would often turn to that section. Sacred Harp is steeped in tradition, and there are sections the singers typically repeat, even though the music doesn't show a repeat. Sometimes a leader doesn't know about an expected repeat. The Shady Hill group was gracious when this happened. Well, we slammed on brakes. We just expected a repeat on that one. Good oh, stand prime the pump. <laughs> Tires almost squealed. <laughs> I got to lead a couple songs, and my inexperience showed. After singing through the notes, I held up two fingers for verse two, forgetting that we hadn't sung verse one yet. Stanley gave me a subtle correction through his facial expression, and I got back on track. This kind of mentoring is an essential part of Sacred Harp. Stanley is my elder in the tradition, but we're not that far apart in age. There was a young singer at Shady Hill, though. 
and the group shepherded him at every step. He's young, but he is much more experienced than I am. He acquitted himself very well. One twenty-seven, Eric. Uh, Drew, after your mama, you can leave another one if you'd like to. Yeah, after mama. Drew, you're gonna have one in between you and your mama. Mr. Frankie's gonna lead after your mama and then you. So just be ready. Greenfield. So verse two. Mentoring goes hand in hand with a deep respect for elders. My father's first cousin, Frank Bass, led Angel Mother. And the group showed him great deference. You gonna sit in the chair? You gonna stand? I'm gonna try to stand. <laughs> Five forty. Five forty. She's sleeping. Yes. And what verses, sir? Let's just go one, two, and three. One, two, and three. After the leader introduced the song, Stanley and Ken would give the pitches. As they did this, the other singers would hum or sing their starting pitches to find their places. Sometimes the given pitch didn't work out so well. The group would start, then realize the pitch needed to be higher, or usually lower. Sacred Heart music is sturdy and strong. It's challenging and fun to sing because of the challenge. What's fun to sing about it? Well, the moving parts, for one thing. songs have a jaunty, swinging meter that taps into the joy of physical, rhythmic movement. In Sacred Heart, none of the parts are subsidiary. They're equally important, and they interact delightfully with one another. If you like puzzles, you would enjoy this interaction. Sometimes the parts answer one another in call-and-response style. Sometimes there is a solo part for just one section called a soli part. There might be some good-natured groaning when a leader chooses a song with a particularly demanding soli part. At Shady Hill, nobody skipped a song for that reason, though. They relished the challenge. Sometimes the independent parts combine in fuguing sections. The parts imitate one another by singing the same melody at different times. The fuguing section often happens about a third of the way through the song. This practice evolved from the fudging tunes of William Billings and other colonial-era singing masters and composers. They learned it from European fugues, such as those of Johann Sebastian Bach. Drink it up. 
the songs are in minor keys. Jamie Kelly told me she especially likes the minor songs. They sound true to real life. In the back of her book, Jamie has marked many of the songs that Stanley Smith composed. A lot of Stanley's songs are in minor keys. harp texts are often meant to evoke a spiritual and emotional response. My father's first cousin, Coy Bass, led The Orphan Girl, which moves lots of people to tears. Sometimes it's the words people care about, sometimes it's the tune. On Jordan's Stormy Banks is in the book to several different tunes. If my mother ever led a song, it was that one. the texts are about heaven. You can hear Jamie singing alto in this rendition of On My Way to Canaan. recognize some of the songs even if you've never heard Sacred Heart before. Other songs have special significance, specifically in Sacred Heart culture. At Shady Hill, we sang to remember individual singers. We sang the minor tune Solid Comfort with the theme of living and dying. We had a memorial lesson when Gary Paget named singers who had died. Several of my relatives were on the list. And several more were in the memorial lesson that I read about in the 2022 minutes. The memorial lesson ends with a memorial song. We sang Poor Wayfaring Stranger. It's customary tradition of the Sacred Heart Singers to remember those singers who have gone on the other side. We call that a memorial lesson. And to establish in the past, he's the one who gave us Gordon, his father and mother, Bennett.
I knew before I came to Shady Hill that I would ask to lead a song and that it would be Martin, Jesus' lover of my soul. Martin is the song I remember my father leading when I was a child. I had practiced the shapes and the strong, swinging, down-up conducting pattern beforehand. Ken introduced me using my maiden name and said I would be followed by Coy Bass, my first cousin once removed. You can hear how it sounded when I led Martin. What you can't hear, but can only imagine, is how much it meant to me to do that at Shady Hill. sacred harp singing is complete without dinner on the grounds. When it was time, we sang a blessing and went outside. There were probably a hundred dishes. There was every kind of casserole you can imagine. There was watermelon and other fresh fruits and vegetables. There was a 12-layer cake and at least 15 other desserts. There was ham, sweet tea, and lemonade. The families sat outside in their camp chairs, and the singers sat inside at tables in the kitchen and fellowship room. My mother said the fried chicken was the tenderest, most delicious she had ever had. Somebody else said the creamed corn was the best they had ever had. I ate field peas, cabbage, creamed corn, grilled vegetables, cornbread stuffing, sweet potato casserole, green beans, and I'm not sure what else. I don't want to offend anyone whose delicious dish I left out. After dinner, we came back for more singing. left Shady Hill and went to the home of my father's cousin, Herman Bass, and his wife, Anne. Coy Bass was there, too. Herman and Coy critiqued the day's singing favorably. They speculated that it might have been so good because Cousin Wavy Lee was there, but she was not singing. That, that, that homecoming, Sacred Park singing was a great get-together. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the singing was more harmony than it's been there. I don't know where, where, where Waverly wasn't up there getting out of tune. I don't know what it was. But <laughs> Waverly wasn't singing today. Sure, it got a good tune, I tell you. I, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm a musicology professor. I'm interested in Sacred Heart for its musical history and culture, but to be honest... That's the smallest part of it. Going to Shady Hill with my mother was a true homecoming, not just to the place where my father grew up, but to my spiritual roots. These roots are deep with Sacred Harp. It doesn't have to be part of your family tradition for that to be true, either. Several of the singers I met at Shady Hill had discovered Sacred Harp as adults. You can learn more about Sacred Harp at fossolaw.org. That's F-A-S-O-L-A dot org. I've included a link on my website, www.hereinalabama.com. That's H-E-A-R in Alabama dot com. The best way to learn is to find a singing and try it out for yourself. 
Singings are listed at fossolaw.org. After a little more music, I'm going to leave you with a few more stories from Herman and Coy Bass, my father's first cousins. I'll bleep out a few things to protect the innocent and not-so-innocent members of my extended family. Special thanks to Stephen Potasik for editing the audio recordings of Herman's and Coy's conversation. I've sworn Stephen to secrecy. I'm Beth McGinnis, and this is Here in Alabama. to the house. They took it to the hospital. He told me, he said, you're going to get the view. He said, but look out for that snake. He said, it's right there somewhere. I went up there and I was looking around, looking around. Finally, I, followed, I spotted that little old snake. It was about this long. Right out of the middle of that view. That view was just standing still. That snake was coiled up right out of the middle of that view. <laughs> wow. I, I got me a stick and killed him. I hitched the old mule, brought her to the barn. At the Wimmer. Oh. A Wimmer. At the, at the mule. Well, we had two Pete there. Well, that Pete, that one daddy, that was a wild mule. He couldn't ride it. <laughs> Emmer, or, or the one before Emmer, somebody's telling me that they seen the kids on that mule from the ears to the back end. Just, <laughs> I mean, just loaded with kids. Taking them somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> you know what old white beaver daddy had? Wild one. Now that's one problem I'm talking about, wild side fucker. Bed, Ralph and daddy was rattling up cows at Blue Lake Reservation. Mm-hmm. 
we call them reservations. Yes. The government had a fence all the way around it. Well, the CCC put a fence all the way around it, but mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. Daddy run his cows in there, around Blue Lake, uh -huh. up from here to Blue Lake, and on the other side. And we go over there once a year, round them all up. I forgot the crops together and put them, drive them in the field. Mm -hmm. So they could finish eating the corn or whatever. Daddy could mark all the calves and whatnot and whatnot. But we was on the other side of Blue Lake. This old view, I had me a switch about this long. I couldn't get that view to run and step with Daddy and Ralph. Ralph was on the horse, Daddy was on the other mule. <laughs> I'd whip it that mule. I finally caught up with him down there on the other side of Blue Lake. Yep, that going into Blue Lake used to, on the right. That mule saw this big limb hanging out. <laughs> and it went crazy. It went under that limb. Well, I got my, I got my left foot out of the stirrup. I laid over, you know, for him I could, holding on to the side of the horse. That lamb hit me, knocked <laughs> oh. me loose. Oh. My foot hung in the stirrup. Oh, no. That mule kicked me twice in the back, knocked the wind out of me. And Daddy said I made the prettiest little flip you ever seen. Oh. And my foot come out of the stirrup. I landed on my knees. I, uh, 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 mm, <laughs> that mule done kicked all the air out of me. Oh. Broke my arm. Oh, wow. That's kind of like me and Daddy's back there cow hunting one time. We was over on the Cooper side, going down, I guess, Palm Creek. We got off down there and we were just looking for cows, trying to find all the cows and took this trail, you know, through the gall bears. You know, I, you know, I was on Dan, Uncle Riley's horse, and Dad was on the old mule. I, I rode down in that, down in that Palm Creek area, I guess. I got looking around, my eyes got about that big, I said, and, and, and tight eyes grows makes a umbrella like. Hmm. That's the type of stuff we're down there. Hmm. I said, what in the world is going on down here? I hit that trail and went back out and I wrote Daddy. I said, Daddy, they something dang under that and in out them tight eyes down. I said, they, they drums everywhere. He's daddy laughing. Boy, that's Liquor still stay out. <laughs> <laughs> I rode right in the middle of that liquor oh. still. Before I knew I was, boy, I didn't know where it was at. He said, boy, <laughs> liquor still. I'll go back down there. Oh. Back towards the Baker Highway from. He left right there close to where he started to go to Oak Park. Right, but he, you know, on the left. Was right down the hill there was Plum Creek. Well, I paid a school with us. I know, but I'm just saying that. I rode right in and old, old drums laying around and different pits dug and the water's in all these holes and who oh go on, what's this here? I, I was young, dumb, and I come out of there. Daddy said, that steel boy, stay out and down there. You know, FL. When we were in high school, he always drove a pretty nice coat. FL's brother was mean as crap. He stayed in trouble with the law all the time. Come see Daddy. Well, did Daddy go on his bond? He said, now, I'll pay you back. I just need somebody else. Daddy went on his bond. Told him to come see it. Had his money. Daddy went down there, back in the bedroom, opened up this truck that just money everywhere. Where he set his liquor. Yeah. <laughs> There's your buddy. Oh. Get what I owe you. Oh, wow. You know, Dad, uh, 
bought daddy a jug of whiskey. Every year? Four words a year. Okay, I know. I, I caught him at it. <laughs> I'd say about once a month. Daddy, after he worked hard at the mill, he'd like a little slip of liquor. They ain't ever got drunk. I ain't never seen him drunk. Nope, nope, nope. But, uh... We got through right up here one day in the garden, and he said, y'all going to pass. I'm fixing cut across. You remember where that stump pile right out in there? All them stump we got out of the field. Daddy was walking out right behind him. Daddy didn't know what behind me. Out behind him. He'd been over and reached down under one stump and got him that little bow. He hugged me. When he turned it up, he seen me standing there. Oh. He said, he said you want swig? I said, no, sir. No, sir. <laughs>